this is Barthi and Haiti. We're your boozy brunch girlfriends and welcome to our podcast where we'll drink and discuss all the fun and random things that we're thinking about and experiencing in our lives. Our goal is to provoke new ideas, thoughts, and inspire you to have similar conversations with your girlfriends. I was about to... <laughs> I was about to say something silly. <laughs> Well, right now you are. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, How do you do? I do well. <laughs> How do you do? Fantastic. <laughs> Enjoying my rum punch. I forgot how good these were. The only time I- I've actually had them is in Jamaica. What were you going to say? No, I've never actually had one before. Mm. It is very yummy. Very yummy. When I poured it, the smell was a little bit reminiscent of piña colada, I think, because there's pineapple juice in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it does not taste anything like a piña colada. No, it does not taste anything (laughs) like a piña colada. (laughs) It tastes very different from a piña colada. But it's really good. Yeah, it is really good. How'd you make yours? Uh, let's see. So it calls for dark rum, light rum, pineapple juice, which is the star of the show in this one, mm-hmm. orange juice, lime juice, and a little splash of grenadine. Yes. So I went with my Dominican rums, both dark and light, and I did a shot of each. So equal parts. I didn't, I didn't measure. I think it, it was like an ounce and a quarter, but I didn't measure. Mm-hmm. I used my shot glass. So one shot of each of those, then I did two shot glasses of the pineapple juice. Cause that called for two ounces. Mm-hmm. And then I can't remember the exact measurements for the lime juice and orange juice, but I actually squeezed the fruit. So I had, um, I had, uh, tangerine oranges. So I squeezed in two of those okay. and then I squeezed in a whole lime which is probably more than what it asked for, but that's okay. I like it, Limey. <laughs> and then my grenadine, I can't remember how much it called for, but what I did was a capful from the bottle because mm-hmm. I didn't want it to be too sweet or too red. Yeah. So it's like a nice orangey pink. It's got a pretty color too. Yeah. I think my color is pretty similar to yours. Yeah. Oh, I like your fruit. Yeah, I have pineapple and cherries in here. <laughs> nice. I like your fruit. I got nothing in there. It's just just drink. Just drink. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> How'd you make yours? I also followed a very similar recipe. I think I sent you the recipe. So I think we follow the same recipe. Um, so it was a, an ounce and a quarter, the two ounces for the pineapple juice. I didn't measure like anything. The <laughs> I also used the rum that we got from DR. Um, I the one thing that I did was I also did a full lime and I did a full cara cara orange. Mm-hmm. I especially got cara cara oranges for this drink. <laughs> I'm down to like I got a bag full and I ate all of them. And I saved. And you were down to the last one. Like I saved the last two for this drink. I was like, (laughs) I need to save them because I need to make this drink. And yeah, 
<laughs> Same thing nice. with the limes. I was like almost out of limes. I was just like, I need to just get through it. Like get through a couple of days to make this drink. That's it. But the additional thing that I did, you know, on top of the grenadine, like once I did the grenadine, I put in the maraschino cherries. Um, they say like, oh, for garnish one or two. I put, I think I have four in here. <laughs> they sank to the four bottom. Pineapples? Or no, four, four cherries. cherries. Four cherries. Oh, oh. Yeah. I don't know. I was just in a silly mood. And then I had cut up pineapple earlier. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to put those in here too. Why not? <laughs> Why not? I'm sure it's going to be tasty. I'm yeah, drinking it mine. It looks over. delicious. Yeah. Uh, it's good. It's really nice. Um, it's refreshing and I'm drinking mine over ice. Mm, yeah. I poured mine over a couple of ice cubes too. It's very delicious. Actually, the nice thing about, again, I feel like we talk about this with the drinks all the time, but the nice thing about making the drink yourself is you can do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. You want to throw in half a jar of cherries in there? Go for it. Right. Well, it's not even just about like, if you want to make, you know, half a jar of cherries in there or whatever, you can make it to your liking too. Like if you like a little bit more dark rum or if you don't want light rum, or Mm -hmm. if you want, if you don't want dark rum, like (laughs) the rum police isn't going to come get you, (laughs) make it the way you want it. Right. Um, even like the little things, like I think it called for a quarter ounce of lime, which I guess it's like a half a lime. I don't even know. And (laughs) I put a full lime in. Yeah. Yeah. I did too. Beats me. I don't know how, how much a quarter ounce of lime is in limes. (laughs) I'm thinking a half. I'm going to go with half. I think it depends on the size and how juicy it is. Right. Because that varies. Yeah, but on average. Probably half. Yeah. Maybe. We'll have to measure it one day. One day (laughs) when we actually care. When we actually (laughs) care. I'm sure like bartenders listening to us are probably like, no, there's a science to this. And I'm like, I do what I want. Exactly. (laughs) If it tastes good, I'm good with it. Exactly. Exactly. I I mean, I'm not downplaying what what bartenders do or no, not you know, at the all. people who come up with the drink recipes and the thought that goes into it. Not at all. But if I'm enjoying it and I want to call it a rum punch, I'm going to do that. But if it has the elements of rum punch, then why not? Or yeah. can't you say like rum punch a la Haiti? Yeah, I I can totally say that. Also, I mean, eighty rum punch. You can appropriate it like other people appropriate. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like I'm just waiting for the person to appropriate like, like I don't know, soncocho. Like I'm just waiting for it. I'm just waiting for it. No, waiting for it. No, 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 no. (laughs) Because then there's gonna be some punches thrown. Yeah, how do you think how, how do you think South Asians feel when we're like when we see these the pegs person, the pegs person, 
or the um the the what's it called coconut oil person it's just the like ghee users the ghee, the the ghee thing has gone too far like it really has gone way too far it's clarified butter and then they're putting chocolate in it and telling people to use that as a spread on their bread to eat yeah i saw that i actually had seen a different video where the girl was recommending this Just eating as ghee? a healthy alternative to nutella oh my god i i don't even <laughs> brain does not compute (laughs) yeah so yeah so so, or 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 um very commonly in south asian homes we whenever we're sick we drink halidud which is now known as appropriated and colonized as golden golden milk yeah yeah, it's just like the fuck. Yeah, I'm <laughs> waiting for somebody to come out with remedio. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> just I can't. <laughs> People need to stop. This is a different conversation for a different episode, or or we just shift our energy and we talk about this today (laughs) (laughs) this is what we're in the mood for maybe this is what we're in the mood for like this is it right like what the fuck colonization the black community especially in america has said for many 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 years is stop appropriating our culture and stop appropriating our hairstyles and our um, our music, etc. Right, and and I kind of wish that the rest of us actually listen to them because they're speaking from what six hundred years of experience. Mm-hmm. Because what I see happening right now in this, it, the way that South Asian typical south asian home things being appropriated out there it just really like irks me and i'm just like what the fuck how did we get here well i think what happens is something that my husband and i talk about all the time that we can hear other people talking about something but until it affects you directly it doesn't ring a bell for you necessarily. And I think that a big percentage of people are like that, where if it's not affecting me directly, I see your pain. I see your, your, you know, discomfort, but it's not mine. Isn't that like the definition of privilege though? Yeah. Right. Like the epitome of privilege. (laughs) Yep. I don't know. I I do wish that my fellow South Asians um, gate keep going forward. (laughs) Well, but I also feel like it's sad that you feel that you have to do that because there should be a certain like freedom to share those parts of 
your culture without fear of someone else appropriating it for their financial benefit. Right. So I would share my culture with you, obviously, right? Because I know Mm -hmm. that you're not going to pull one over on me. (laughs) Like, I know that I I would share it. It would be appreciated. I'm not going to rename my chancletas to chapels. Yeah. (laughs) Which by the way, it's, isn't it cute that they're both very, they're very similar. If you think about it, chancleta, chapel, right. Um, so anyway, and they're used very similarly too. (laughs) Do you get a good chapel spanking? (laughs) I, I have, I, I did not, but I have heard of people who, who have gotten chapels thrown at them. <laughs> I think I mean speaking a mom uh, move. Yeah, it is a mom move. Total mom move. That's like, definitely a mom move. Yeah, yeah. The wooden spoon is a mom move too, which yes, many ethnicities share that story with the spoon and it's just like <laughs> but what, I guess I guess it's like I, I guess it makes sense, right? Like moms are in the kitchen, they're cooking and stuff like that. And like the spoon is like candy, like come here. I'm yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I had enough. <laughs> yeah. 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 <clears throat> so I, I think that like, we have to be really selective on where we um, share our culture and, you know, who we share our culture with and where it's, appropriate to share our culture um I like yeah it, <laughs> it it's just ridiculous like I also didn't like um they did they did a remake of sex in the city it's called and just like that and in one of the episodes they have the main character Carrie Bradshaw go to a Diwali party where she wears a lenga she wears a lenga choli at the party, which for those that don't know, the choli part is basically a blouse. It's usually like, um, is that the right word? Midriff? Like it shows your midriff? Is that how yeah. you say it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then it has a long skirt, floor length skirt on the bottom. So she wears a lenga choli, but she calls it a sari. Oh, and that like why it's not the same it's definitely not the <laughs> no, same no that's not the same a sari is a totally different outfit completely yeah so why are you calling a linga choli which is not hard to say like just say linga you could even say linga blouse you could even say dress so many people in in south asia call that a dress you could even call it that why are you calling it a sari I'm so confused. I was very confused by that, but I hated the way she, um, how she styled it. She had this like floral mohawk thing going on in her hair. Where's the dupatta? Like this, the, there's like a third piece. It's like a scarf. Like where's the dupatta? Like it didn't look appropriate at all on her. And she kept calling it a sari. And I was just like, so annoyed by the entire episode like and she didn't know about yeah and 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 she lives in new york she lives in new york for i don't know how many years and there's so many south asians here there's so many hindus in you know what i'll i don't even want to say south asian because from the like um 
you know, um, what's it called? Guyana and Trinidad, um, the Caribbean. There's so many Hindus here in, in New York that celebrate Diwali, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> How do you go your entire life not knowing about the holiday? That that's well. Like- I mean, I think I can I can definitely see that not 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 knowing, but not not caring to really delve into the culture. Yeah, not caring. Yeah, and especially if your entire circle is people who look like you. Yes, that's the biggest issue. Then everybody looks like you. Yeah. If your entire circle is people who look like you and people who have your same experiences, then there's, you know, there's really no influence from anywhere else. Yeah, that's true. That's absolutely true. Yeah. And and let's be fair. New York City is very segregated. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Come at me. Yeah. Try to prove me wrong. (laughs) I think you can. I think you can live in a place that has influences from everywhere and know absolutely nothing, nothing about, about the anyone. Other. Yeah. 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 If, you, if you're in your own bubble, I mean this, right. Like I, I would imagine that the same is true for people that stay within their ethnic bubble as well. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Well, so enough well, appropriate. This was so not our topic. No, this is not even- <laughs> close to our topic but hey you know I'm, I'm cool with talking about colonization and reappropriation too but it is it is kind of in line with our topic we were talking we we're going to talk about media and yes. the messaging that we receive in media so well I kind of want to hop on it right from that sex in the city episode because if you like Carrie Bradshaw are someone who's entire circle looks like you has had the same experiences you have and that doesn't matter it doesn't matter who you are you know whether you are you know a white person a black person you know a hispanic person wherever you're from if you are somebody whose entire circle looks like you thinks like you and has had the same experiences as you have and then you get exposed to these media messages and these media images then you tend to assume that these things are true or correct. And rather than going to the source of where this information quote unquote came from, Mm -hmm. because clearly the information that, that led to that episode didn't come from anywhere people because if, if it had, it wouldn't have turned out the way it did. No, no. I mean, yes, technically, on a technicality, there was Indian people in the episode, but I'm sure that they didn't have a lot of say in the direction of it. That, or they're okay with not gatekeeping too. There, there's that side of it too, right? Like, unfortunately, mm-hmm. we have that too in our culture. So... so. Yeah. But, you know, this brings up for me with media, especially um, the messaging that we get, you know, you and I have talked about this, but um, anytime there is a 
um, Central Asian or um, what's it called? North African character, also known as Middle East character in the show. They're most likely a certain type they're typecast, right? Yes. Like, I mean, yes. they're 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 quote unquote known as the terrorist. Mm-hmm. Let's just be real. Like, no, that's not a like like you typecast all you want, but that's not even a thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, the same thing happens with black characters. In, yes, you know, and yes, primarily white shows. Yep. Same thing happens with Hispanic characters. Yes, in you know, and shows that are not about our Hispanic co- like, people yes. or about black yeah. people or yeah. about Southeast Asian people or about yeah. Middle Eastern people. Right, right. Like that's the thing. So if if the whole if the show is predominantly you know white people, then we are in the sidelines and we fulfill the tropes. So I'll give a few examples of this. So Big Bang Theory, um, the character Raj, he plays the, you know, um, the undesirable South Asian male trope. This is a very big thing. It's been going on for almost 100 years. Like the way that South Asian men are portrayed is just that way. They're creepy. They're undesirable. They're feminine. So they're, you know, they're removed, their masculinity has been removed. Um, similar on the, on the same side, um, Afro-Latin women and then um, darker skinned South Asian women. And of course, black women, especially dark skinned black women, we are aggressors. We are angry. Mm-hmm. We are undesirable. We are um, not lovable. We don't get a love story, right? Like these are these are the tropes that we see on television. The angry women, the crazy the angry women, women, the crazy women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I mean, even think about like being Mary Jane. I love you know everyone knows how much I love that show, right? It spoke <laughs> to me. But there's moments where she's portrayed in such a negative way, and. I personally love that show. So like, I look at it in a very different way, but from the way, you know, like if you're a third party, just looking in, you could just be like, why is she so mad? Why is she so like, why doesn't she help her family? Or why is she like this? Right. Why did she cheat on her boyfriend? Like so many things you can mm-hmm. poke holes at with her. Right. Um, so, yeah. So, so I think that's, that's another reason why, like, we need more people that look like us in different parts of the room to not just direct our characters, but write our characters, produce our characters, play our characters. Absolutely. I mean, even in that, I mean, I don't know what the writer's room looked like for that show or, you know, the producers or anything, but even in that show being Mary Jane, you can see a lot of it was centered around her own like rejection of, of her own 
blackness like yeah. wanting to have her hair hair done constantly done yeah uh, wanting to keep her family at a distance like projecting a certain image yeah yeah so, yeah yeah it's it's really unfortunate um but i think that like i i actually think that that's done on purpose but maybe I'm giving too much credit I don't know I feel like that's done on purpose to like uh, evoke a conversation like this similarly I think that that's why like shows like girlfriends do like they provoke that kind of conversation of like well um right in season one of girlfriends they they have a conversation around colorism elitism classism um right in the first season so if you have also if you haven't watched those two shows i i say go they're, check them out they're older yeah they're older. you should but, definitely check them out yeah but timeless i personally think timeless i i would think so yeah so yeah it's just very very interesting like how people are portrayed there's a new show out i haven't checked it out yet but i'm really really interested in watching it um it's called harlem I'm looking forward to to digging into that. I also watched this other show. It was like a limited series. It was only four episodes called um, With Love. And it's about, um, I think they're a Cuban family. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I, I think they're Cuban. Um, and it's about, they're just, they're just family, just their family. And it's just like so great to see sh- more and more shows like that where I, I can relate to the characters. Like I totally like that resonates for me. Like, oh yes, my family does. Oh yes. (laughs) Yeah. My grandmother would have said something like that. (laughs) Uh, It's definitely nice to, you know, to be reflected in media. And I think especially when so much of the messaging in media is so conflicting to the way that we should be living our lives. Like, for example, the messaging about relationships, so many shows and movies and books and songs, like so much of the media that we're exposed to portrays toxic and toxicity in relationships Mm -hmm. as a normal thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the normalizing of things that nobody should be okay with. Absolutely. The other thing that it, it also normalizes is narcissist behavior. So hear me out. Um, a great example of this. And I'm not saying that they are narcissists, but they display behaviors that a narcissist would. So a show like Gilmore Girls the parents so the rory's grandparents so lorelei's parents they're pretty they d- come fully display narcissist behaviors like, especially the like the dad the mom too because she is very very manipulative and controlling and lorelei is an extension of them where not her own person and it's very demeaning to watch like an adult woman having to defend herself she's not only just an adult woman but she's a kid like 
Mm-hmm. She has to constantly defend herself to her parents. It's so weird to me. Um, I'm not saying that Lorelai's an angel. She's written, she's written in a way that makes you annoyed with her constantly too. Same thing with Rory. But when your grand, like when the patriarch of the family is also probably a narcissist, like this is the dynamic that you've created in this family, right? And people watch that show, and I can't tell you how many times I've heard defenses for Lorelai's behavior or Richard's behavior or Emily's behavior I'm like are are we watching the same show (laughs) it's confusing for my brain well I think because a lot of the behavior becomes normalized yeah (laughs) based on how they're portrayed in the media um I recently heard someone talking about Gilmore Girls Mm -hmm. from the financial aspect of it. Oh, yeah. How how ridiculous it is that, you know, here's this woman who's a single mom Mm -hmm. who, you know, has, quote unquote, been on her own. She's the manager of a um, bed and breakfast. Mm -hmm. So she runs in the end, she owns the inn, but like she runs a pretty, su- really successful inn or a hotel, like, you know, like a nice mm-hmm. place. She's also like, I think she also makes commission. She probably gets a bonus. But she's sending her kid to a private school, which her parents, which paid, her for. parents paid for. Mm-hmm. She is. Um, one of the things that this person pointed out about the show is that, you know, the two of them eat out yes, every night. All the time. Like there's, mm-hmm. there's no cooking involved mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. this show at all. Yeah. For, for, you know, somebody who is portrayed to live like a pretty frugal life. Yeah. Yeah. It's really weird. It's like, but it goes to, it, it speaks to the privilege, the unseen privilege that they're pointing to, right? I don't think her parents only helped her out with paying for Chilton and Harvard or Yale, wherever she ends up, right? I actually think her parents have given her a lot more money over the years, well, probably, which is probably why that weird dynamic of thinking I can tell you what to do exists yes. because yes. you are accepting financial, financial support from me so that you mm-hmm. can live this lifestyle yep. that you cannot afford yourself. Yes, exactly. There, yeah. I mean, yeah. same thing with sex in the city. Think about how ridiculous the lives of these women were. Yeah. And they only, you know, going out to eat multiple times a day, multiple times a week, wearing designer name, everything. Yeah. And they all had regular ass jobs. I mean, Carrie Bradshaw was a freaking struggling writer. Yeah. She was the only one that actually had a regular job. Her friends. Well, okay. One of her friends came from a lot of wealth. So there, there is one that was just like wealthy. She was just straight up like a very wealthy person. Um, the other one was a partner at a law firm and the other one owned her own successful uh, PR business. Um, but yeah, Carrie Bradshaw's character was not 
doing so great. And they only address it in one episode. In literally only one episode does it get ever addressed that she doesn't have enough money. One. And how many years did that show run? It ran for Mm -hmm. six years or seven years, something like that. And so one time they address that she doesn't have enough money to because she spent it all on seven years of her buying herself a new pair of shoes every week. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then one episode of like, oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But it's the same thing with like friends, too. Right. They live in they like Joey. Joey doesn't work half of the time that the the airing of friends. How does he pay for the rent? Chandler pays for him, but I'm confused. How much does Chandler make? I don't know. (laughs) Right. Same thing with Rachel. Rachel's working at a coffee shop for the first like two or three years. How does she even, I'm sure her parents helped her because her parents were super wealthy. But, but yeah, it's just like some of these kinds of the, but that's not even written into the show. No, it's not written There's into like the show. There's like this fantasy world yes. where these people can just afford to live however the hell they please. Right. On no money that they're making. Exactly. Exactly. They also really like, um, yeah, they, they also like just promote a lot of like unhealthy things. For example, um, I've been here and there. I don't I don't watch it all the time. But like the the originals is a show about um, it, it's a show about vampires, witches and and werewolves. And it's about the original family of vampires. Anyhow, the. There is one character, and this is really disturbing to me, and I don't know why, like, it just clicked for me. There's one character, I mean, he's literally a thousand years old, and he wants to marry a 23-year-old. And I'm like, isn't that, like, really gross? Mm-hmm. I know in his body, he's stuck at, like, 17-ish, but he's a thousand. He got to live a thousand years. That's a lot of lifetimes. Right? And like he's wanting yeah, to be with someone that young. A lot of lifetimes. Yeah. So so even that, like, it makes it okay with this, like, older man, younger woman kind of relationship. There's a new show out called Euphoria. It's not new. It's in the second season. I haven't watched it. But it's all about... Um, teenagers they're they're in high school basically and the way they portray them is like doing drugs i mean gossip girls very similar cruel intentions very similar every show and movie that has teenagers in it portrays this wild like teenagers are just fucking crazy based on what you see in the media well i think this is a and that is not the experience that i had as a teenager and i don't think it's the experience of a lot of people that i that i grew up with had i mean we definitely had like you know our our periods of partying and sneaking alcohol um i didn't do any drugs but i knew people who did yeah but these movies and shows portray teenagers as like you know constant partiers and like 
permanently high or yeah um, you know yeah sleeping with whoever, whoever. walks yeah. by at the time yeah like cruel intentions is really gross if you think about it they're in high school and step siblings the the bet is like steps in the end step siblings will sleep with each other yes i mean let's let let's wrap that around our heads for a moment there she's doing cocaine left and right the entire show the i mean the entire movie sorry not show anyhow the point is is that like they portray teenagers but are teenagers in the writing room are they the ones writing how they should be portrayed I don't think teenagers don't even think so. relate. <laughs> I actually don't even think teenagers relate to it. Like, I don't, I don't know a hundred teenagers, so I can't like ask all of them, but like, I haven't met one teenager that behaves in this way. Yeah. I'm really curious as to who comes up with these things. It's like these really gross because... men that like, didn't get any in high school and like they're just writing <laughs> their way through it that's their uh fantasy of what mm-hmm. high school would have been like mm-hmm. if they were cool and that's really fucked up yeah like seek therapy my friend seek therapy <laughs> stop writing these gross movies and shows uh, but i think apart from that the message it sends yeah it makes it okay right yeah yeah the The it makes the behavior okay it doesn't say like it doesn't say go do drugs that's not what it's saying but it's saying that like this is normal this is normal exactly yeah that's exactly like this is what it's like to be a teenager exactly if this is you you're good yes if you go experiment it's good and nobody's I am not by any means saying, no, don't go live, like, don't go experiment and live your life and try new things. Of course, do that. That's what your life is for. You're here to experience things. No, don't do that. Don't go live your life. You're 14 years old. You don't know your ass from your elbow. No, I think we're saying two different things. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on. Let me finish my thought before. Sorry. I am not suggesting that people don't go enjoy their lives and experiment and like do things. And by experiment, I'm not saying go do heavy drugs and sleep with a hundred people. I'm just saying like, go and like live, explore life. There's a lot to see. Of course, go do that. But at the same time, it's like, don't think that the behavior that's shown on TV is the norm and you are out of the norm. Actually, you are the norm and that what is portrayed on TV is out of the norm. Absolutely. I believe. That's what I believe. Thanks for joining us this week on Boozy Brunch. We're your hosts, Barthi and Haiti. Be sure to check us out on Instagram and join us again next week for another Boozy Brunch. What should we drink next week?